listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. Right now, uh, we're the only province in the country that has more jobs than prior to the pandemic. Which uh, to think about uh, is that we're you know in the second wave or third wave of the pandemic uh, and just coming out that's that's very significant. So it's positive. We know young people were disproportionately impacted. We know that uh, the tourism, uh, the uh, accommodation and food service sectors were disproportionately impacted. And as we're starting to open up again, we're starting to see that the gains are starting to come in those sectors that were impacted most. That was Ravi Kalan, BC's Minister of Jobs and Economic Recovery, speaking to the latest labor force survey. The report indicates there are now one or seventeen thousand, excuse me, more British Columbians employed than in February of last year. And BC's unemployment rate is one of the lowest in Canada at six point six percent, with the national average being at seven point eight percent. Thanks so much for tuning in to NL Newsday. I'm your host, Jeff Andreas. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday so far. Now, speaking of jobs, the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. BC office. It's out with a new report this week entitled Inequality, Employment and COVID-19 Priorities for Fostering an Inclusive Recovery in British Columbia. Now the report examines the ongoing impacts of COVID-19 on the BC job market over the first full year of the pandemic and recommends policy measures to address the inequalities that the crisis has exposed. It reviews key economic and employment trends to track how the COVID-19 recession unfolded in BC, looking at which sectors, communities and workers have and have yet to recover and how that compares to the national experience. To speak more on this piece, happy to welcome in now senior economist and author of the study, Iglika Ivanova. Iglika, how are you doing here today? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, well, I uh, appreciate you coming on here and, and taking some time to speak to me. And I think this is important to kind of talk about because it feels right now as I walk around this community that... Uh, a lot of people seem to believe this pandemic is over and COVID-19 is no longer a thing. Like, it's not 100% across the board by any stretch, but there's a lot of people that uh, I look at and that seems to be the attitude that I'm grappling from them as I, you know, try to read between the lines. But anyways, that aside, let's talk about employment here and, and how the pandemic has impacted things. So maybe first to start, um, just exactly... What were you doing with this study? How did you kind of compile some of the data that you looked at here and, and compared it to, to individual uh, regions of the province? Because I want to focus here on kind of the Thompson Okanagan, but maybe just paint the picture on what things look like across the province first. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we all know it has been a very long and a challenging year for many um, or year and a half now with the pandemic. And I think we're all looking for good news. So maybe that's where you're seeing some of that sentiment that the pandemic is over and maybe we can go back to normal. Uh, and what I wanted to see is to look beyond the kind of top line numbers that we get every month from Statistics Canada on how many jobs were created or lost and look into more details of uh, what jobs haven't been recovered and what groups of workers and what regions of the province have yet to recover. Because one thing we learned early on in the pandemic is that uh, we're not really in this together, that different groups of people uh, in different sectors are impacted very differently by the pandemic. And in fact, it's, um, it's helping us see more clearly than ever the deep inequalities and injustices in our economy. Now, 
you mentioned how you kind of wanted to look a little bit more detailed into into the numbers as opposed to just looking at what we get from Stats Canada, what the, the province, the NDP government kind of likes to release on a monthly basis. And every time they come out with job numbers, they kind of paint this rosy picture. You know, we're pretty much at or have exceeded pre-pandemic job levels. But there's a lot more to the story than just those numbers on the surface. So how did you kind of dig in a little bit deeper to get a, a more detailed picture of what's actually going on? Yeah, well, all the numbers do come from Statistics Canada, and in fairness, they are producing a lot of very, very good uh, statistics and, and have been collecting uh, better data during the pandemic. For example, for the first time, we're collecting monthly data on how uh, racialized workers are doing in the job market. We did not have that before COVID-19 started. Um, so, so those are all coming, the numbers are all coming from Statistics Canada. It's just you know, a little more detailed than the headline numbers we read on employment. And I do want to say, you know, in all fairness to government, that the top line numbers, um, the overall level of, of economic activity, and when you look at the overall level of employment, yes, it's almost recovered back to where we were pre-pandemic. But that feel-good story um, hides deep inequalities and just below the surface we find so much injustice and, and so uh, such stark inequalities in the job market uh, outcomes of different groups of people that I think it's really important to talk about those two. Yeah, and so that that's where I wanted to go to next. Um, I, I think it's been kind of anecdotally expressed quite often that we know females and people of color seem to have been impacted more by this pandemic in terms of job loss and some of the industries that, you know, they, they seem to take up the bulk of the employment are, are females, specifically females, but also, again, racialized communities, as you mentioned. Um, how, how have those um, people been impacted compared to, uh, you know, the, the rest of the province? So when we look at the numbers, we see, we see really massive gaps in, the, in what the experience has been for, for some of the workers in those particularly low-wage service and caregiving sectors, um, you know, women who work there, racialized communities who work in those sectors, recent immigrants. You know, in the early days of the pandemic with the initial lockdowns, we have about 40 to 50 percent of workers working in some of those sectors um, lose their jobs or the majority of their hours. And the recovery has proceeded slower for them than for workers in other sectors. And by, you know, a year after the pandemic, so February 2021, um, these groups of workers, so immigrant workers, uh, racialized workers, uh, low-wage workers, they're still about 10%. They have employment levels at around 10% lower than they had pre-pandemic. Well, other groups have recovered or even have higher employment rates. Um, and that's why the top line, when we look at the top line numbers looking good is, and these groups doing poorly, is because someone's doing well. And so we have those professional um, higher income workers who were able to um, smoothly slide into working from home. They didn't lose any income. They didn't lose any hours. And they have been doing pretty well and actually seeing their savings increase if they own um, houses, property, or if they own um financial investments in the stock market they've seen their wealth increase so we do have a story of these inequality in how the recovery is progressing 
Are you noticing different trends among those groups in different areas of the province? I know the Lower Mainland has, you know, relies a little bit more heavily on, on the service sector, on the tourism sector than we do maybe in other parts of the province. And and like I said, I know off the top, I mentioned the Thompson Okanagan, and I know you did some some digging into what's going on here in our region. Uh, how how does that compare? How are we doing here in the interior versus what's going on in the mainland? Are we are we better off or worse off, or what does that look like? Yeah, you, uh, I did look at some regional differences, and uh, as you point out, the economies are slightly different across the province. So even though in BC we didn't have different regional restrictions, like in some provinces they had some areas with more restrictions, others with less restrictions during COVID, we didn't do that, but we still have different economic impacts that we see in different regions. So um, in my report, when I focused on the first full year of the pandemic, you know, uh, Thompson Okanagan is actually showing up as, as one of the regions of the province that has done slightly better than um, average. You know, um, we're almost, Thompson Okanagan almost regained uh, the, the jobs lost in the pandemic. But of course, um, that was before the third wave hit um, the province the third wave of COVID. And so I think we, we're seeing the numbers now, the latest numbers, um, which currently are for May 2019. So things are slightly worse um, in Thompson, Okinawa than they were at the time I was writing the report. But in general, we find that uh, the biggest job losses during the pandemic happened in Metro Vancouver area of the lower mainland because uh, as you pointed out, there's a lot more service sector, a lot more tourism and travel um, kind of jobs in that area were really hard hit by the pandemic and uh, they have still, you know, uh, mm -hmm. longer, yeah, longer to recover. But but in general, um, you know, the regional variations are not as big as some of those variations for, for racialized workers, for low-wage workers, for young workers. Okay, now, now with that all said, I know your report makes a couple of recommendations here on how to sort of address some of the inequalities we've seen throughout this COVID-19 pandemic. Can you kind of take me through what those recommendations are and, and how they might help? Yeah, so the good news is that now that we are starting to reopen and recover, now that we are retiring, now is exactly the time that we can shift our economy to be more inclusive and make a decision to, to do better than just return to the pre-pandemic status quo, which was leaving too many people behind. And so there's three main things that I think are important for governments to do as, as we move through this stage of reopening and recovery. One, and we've already seen some very good movement in that direction, is um, investment in um, the care economy, investment in the kind of um, services that we learned through the pandemic, caregiving services, education services, that are crucial for our economy to function. So childcare, um, senior care, education, training, skill training for employees who have been out of work. So um, those, are, those are some investments government is starting to make, but can really ramp up now as we're moving into the recovery. Uh, number two, I think really, really important is to look at modernizing and strengthening workplace rights so that we don't just create more jobs, but we create more good jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, jobs that pay living wage, jobs that provide enough hours so that people can uh, make a decent living for their family, jobs that have benefits like paid sick leave, 
um, so that workers don't have to give up pay when they are sick. I think those are all things that we can um, move towards as, as the economy uh, becomes uh, more open and more active. And we need to start taking those steps. And the third thing I think is important to remember is that we often, when we talk about the impact of the pandemic, we focus on employment and the people who have jobs. But some of the worst impacted British Columbians are those who are already living in poverty before the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people with disabilities, people on social assistance. And so really need to look at our systems of of social support and income support. Um, COVID showed a lot of gaps in them and we need to to essentially overhaul them in order to actually make them adequate and, and make sure that People with disabilities don't you know, have to live in poverty and in dire poverty in this province. So those are the kind of things that I would like um, our government to be thinking about as the economy reopens. All right. Well, I think there's a, a lot to uh, keep in mind there as we move forward. And hopefully we see some of these things you know, start to work themselves out over the course of the summer. But I feel like it might take until... You know, once we get to phase four, September 7th, if everything goes according to plan after Labor Day, we'll get to that phase and maybe we'll start to see things uh, move even more quick at that point in time. But definitely some things to keep in mind here throughout uh, your report. So I, I appreciate your time, Aglika. Thank you so much for this. I guess any anything else you want to add or highlight while I have you? Well, the only thing I want to say is that I, I really hope that in our rush to get back to normal, uh, we don't forget about these inequalities and we don't just uh, go for the feel-good story of how the economy is recovering and our problems have been solved because they haven't. And I think it's really, really crucial that we use this opportunity to pivot to a better, more inclusive, more just economy as we rebuild and rehire. And I think it would be an enormous mistake to, to not do that. And so I, I hope we take this opportunity. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Interesting report to read through. And thank you so much for helping to, to summarize things a little bit here this afternoon. Um, enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thursday. should probably get my days right. All right, that was Iglika Ivanova, economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office, and author of the report, Inequality, Employment, and COVID-19 Priorities for Fostering an Inclusive Recovery in British Columbia. One of the key findings from that report, BC's economic recovery proceeding at a slightly faster pace than in most other provinces, which the labor force surveys have laid out pretty much since the beginning of this pandemic. But she goes on to note we're seeing strong aggregate employment figures, but long-term unemployment, which is defined as being unemployed for six or more months, has risen sharply during COVID-19. As of February of this year, about one-third of all unemployed people actively looking for work in B.C. are long-term unemployed, which is slightly higher than the proportion of long-term unemployed in Canada at about 28%. So though overall we're doing better, um, creating a lot more jobs, the Labor Force Survey as it was released today shows that we are 17,000 more jobs in B.C. than prior to the pandemic. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, a lot of people still in that long-term unemployed area. So again, this report, I mean, it looks back at historical data. I'm sure some of those one-third of people who have been unemployed for six or more months have found some work. At least I hope so. Uh, But nonetheless, there's definitely some things we could do to look at and improve on um, as we continue to crawl out of this COVID-19 pandemic.